Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 117. I'm Big Ron Partlow, and of course, Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally are with me, making sure things go smoothly. How's it going, gentlemen? Fantastic. We're Scott. all blue today. We are all blue today. Did you plan that, Scott? You're producer of the show. I, I kind of did. I got the shirt out and I was like, I'm going to wear my West Coast Iron shirt today. It would only make sense to celebrate West Coast Iron hanging out with Ron. And uh, so technically it kind of was planned a little. Kind of. I, uh, I appreciate that. We, uh, we're pretty excited. We're doing a little Christmas party. No kidding. So, you know. Yeah, we kind of, I planned like the dinner and then everyone like planned, you know, like, you know, who's bringing Trippers. desserts and what's going on. Yeah, we got a caterer and we're doing it at the gym. So it's going to be yes. kind of fun. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully no one like drinks a bottle of wine and starts training legs. We're have to tell, <laughs> tell people no training while you're here eating and drinking. While intoxicated. <laughs> yeah, you know, get a couple of drunk managers having a bench off. Yeah, dress clothes. I can just see it going sideways <laughs> real know, quick. The yeah, the caterers are like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, we're excited. So it's that season, man. I'm hearing Christmas music in the stores. Mm. I heard Mariah Carey. Oh, you know, tear. yeah, yeah. Are you guys noticing? Is this is this happening where you are? Are you aware that Christmas is coming? No, because um I shop you know, online and they don't make me play like, any music while I'm online. <laughs> you shop online, like, so you're come not, online. You have to just play it yourself. You have to like put on a Spotify playlist. You know, I have a tree. Do you? Kind of. I do. I have a tree. It's it very positive. It's like a real tree. It's nine feet tall. Holy shit! Well, it's real. It's real fake. I mean, it's plastic. Obviously. Oh. You yeah. mean real big tree? It's like nine. Yes. Nine foot, yeah. It's also white. So I mean, there's a lot of lies in this real tree right now. It's, it's covered this in trees. Snow. Is, this tree is natural as I am. Um, anyway, right. <laughs> kind of suiting yes. for that household, I think, Dusty. I think the tree. Fits, yeah, it just fits you two very well. Well, then you know, I perfectly like groomed, blue and silver ornaments instead of red and green and gold. Right. 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 So basically, I don't even know what the fuck holiday this is. Never mind. Moving forward. <laughs> Moving forward. Oh, no. I, actually, it makes more and more sense the more you describe it. You're all. That's exactly how I would see your tree. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Does someone come in and dust it daily, like with a duster, and go around the bottom? Uh, they, yeah. Exactly. The dogs with their dust body walks underneath oh, yes. there. And... <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I have to say, I have to make Scott happy. Um, and yes. Say, and say like. Share, subscribe, comment, and ring the, ring bell. the bell. I didn't, I didn't have my sound effect handy. I, I, Damn, I, I know. Scott, ever I know. since you got engaged, things have really <laughs> yes. fallen off. So that's that's the latest, of course. Uh, first thing on the list, congratulations to Scott. Thank you, Victoria sir. Victoria Felkar for being engaged. And, yes. Uh, Becoming dual citizens. Yeah, so mm. what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So we're thinking... She'll come here, but she has to finish her PhD before she can really do that. So we're not in any rush uh, to make that happen. But this would be my house would be a good home base for us to work out of for like the next four or five years. 
It's, everything's paid for. The house is paid for. Cars are paid for. Everything. We, we could just bank money. You know what I mean? And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. I'd like to be able to do that for the next five years figure. And then after that, uh, you know, move move somewhere else. And that's kind of why I was thinking about like getting a rental property. Because mm. I was thinking that if we kind of set that up ahead of time and it was a place that we could eventually transition to, you know, live in somewhere nicer uh, and maybe set some more stuff up in the process. But, you know, it'd be kind of just like a, a good way to bridge to another warmer, you know, climate somewhere that's like a little bit easier to live in in February because Detroit, it's nice. It's good for bodybuilding. Uh, the, the, the economy here is like, you know, it's stable, but it's like the cost of living isn't that high. We have lots of good gyms, not that I go to any of them, uh, and, and things are not that expensive. So it's like a good place to be a, an online coach. You know what I'm saying? I could live anywhere, right. but my cost of living is pretty low here, um, and I can bank. So it'd be nice to kind of keep building that up while we can, and then and then take this show on the road, go somewhere else. Dude, I'd love to live where you live, Ron, in Vancouver. I just could never see it, man, because the cost of living is so high. There. But that's one of the coolest cities that I've ever been to. Yeah, it's 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 awesome out here. But I mean, I don't want to live in Vancouver either. Like, yeah, I have no desire to live downtown at all, ever. Right. Um, I like living out where I live. I mean, I'm looking at a mountain right now. Yeah. Like I'm literally staring at a, you know, it's like not even a mile from my house. So it's, it's, uh, it's awesome out here. And it kind of has a small town feel where I live, even though it's like, you know, like the little area I'm in is about a million people. And then there's another area that's about a million people. And then greater Vancouver is like four and a half million, yeah. you know? So the area I'm in is still like a million people, but it's, it just doesn't feel like a big city. And I, I just don't want all the, the hustle and hassle. So I'm very happy where I am. Yeah, it's a good spot. Yeah. I like that area. Yeah, but cost of living, you're right. Like, um, we're lucky we came here when we did because if we were just showing up now, six years later, yeah. and looking to buy a condo, it's like, whoa, damn. You, you, <laughs> yeah. If I can ask something, you guys, when you guys were talking on one of the most recent episodes, I kind of got the drift, but I never knew. Did you move to Vancouver because of Mutant? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was sponsored with them. And then I had told my my boss, Ryan, at the time, he's like the marketing director. I said, you know, I, I think I might only have a couple more years of competing. Like maybe right. one, maybe two. I'm not sure. My body was pretty hammered. And he goes, well, why don't you just move out here? And we'll create a position for you. We'll put you in the marketing department. And then there's no pressure to compete. And whenever you're done, you're done. And then you still cool. involved with the company. And so that's why I moved out here. So yeah, it worked out really well. And then that year I got my pro card. <laughs> you know what's so, weird, like, Scott? This is an interesting thing is, so Ron tried and tried and tried to get his pro card year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Then Mutant signs me. And then he gets his pro card. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it was like immediate, wasn't it? Coincidence? I think not. That's, I'm seeing they were line up. They're like, wait a minute. If if Dusty's got his pro card, Ron can definitely get his pro card. <laughs> 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 and that's how it happened. They were like, this is not even right. <laughs> I, I do that's have something funny. to show you guys. This is one of the advantages of being engaged to a Canadian. Ron, you know what this is. That's a Hold it still. About. Well, hold it up. Oh, and an IMO bar. Shit. Yes, this isn't. Well, you're holding it from the side. I thought it was like a gun magazine. 
I was like, <laughs> it already has a bite taken out him, of it because I couldn't you wait. You get him around some guns a little more often. I was like, what, 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 that what? might be a problem in Vancouver, right? <laughs> no, there was like a color issue. It looked blue. Like it looked like it was made of metal when you held it up. So dusty. But this now is it like, looks a, like delicious chocolate. That's yeah, it's kind of like a brownie on the bottom. And then the yeah. next layer is like a, a custard. custard icing. And then they yep. put chocolate over the top and then you put chocolate, it in the fridge and it's kind of like it's hard. It's got like a it's nice. These are good. Nice. See that? Yeah. We're learning. And, so and, and and the 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 brownie part has like almonds in it, like, like chocolate coconut. nuts, usually some coconut and some coconut. Yeah. So sometimes there's a bit of like almond and, and coconut in there. It's so delicious. Good. So good. Ten units per square of Humalog or Humalinar. <laughs> Minimum. Well, that's uh, that's what they were designed for. They're they're mm-hmm. they're standardized blocks of carbohydrate delivery for insulin usage. Makes and sense. You got the, yeah, yeah. It's exactly right. So you know that's the kind of thing that on. I have clients that will do. They're like, oh, I, I felt uh, my my blood sugar crashed, and I'm like, oh, and they're like, yeah. So I ate 72 of those bars that Scott put up on the internet, and I'm like, yes, one lifesaver would have done it. One, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I explain to people that like diabetics carry like one gram or two gram candies. Mm-hmm. For when they need to adjust their blood sugar, they take like a couple of grams of sugar. Yeah, I used to just, just buy the glucose tabs. Remember the little? Oh yeah, they look like tums. Yeah, yeah, I never used those. How much sugar was in each one? I want to say like a gram. I want. I yeah, thought it was. Gram. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe I just ate yeah, five. It's of like them. nothing. It's like. But right. the thing is, is but, it literally? I used to take two just by default. I didn't. There was no science behind it. Of course, it's me, uh, and I was fine. So yeah, but yeah, I was. Right. I, I always laughed. I was like, ah, oh, I had blood sugar problem, and they tell me what they ate, and I'm like, well, yeah. yeah. Then you had another one. <laughs> yeah, then you had another one. Then when you passed out and fell asleep 45 minutes later, that's that's another blood sugar issue. <laughs> one time that's I didn't. Where you died. <laughs> I didn't have those with me once, and I started going hypo intra workout, and thankfully I was able to go across the street to Detroit Donut, which donuts also bring you back. If you go hypo, just yeah. FYI, that's a pro tip for the day. Yeah, Shocker. <laughs> Not to mention, if you fell out, there's a bunch of cops in there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, hey, I, I was going to just say this, see if you guys get it. Uh, justice for Juicy. <laughs> Dusty got it. It's amazing. Yes. What's, Justice what's for ju- Juicy. Juicy Smollett. The Chappelle joke. Yeah, that French actor. Yeah, the Jesse Smollett case. Dave, Dave Chappelle made a, a great joke about it on a special about a year year ago. It was amazing. And, and, ama- um, oh, and then the trial, the trial finally finished this week, and he's guilty, and it's hilarious. Hmm. And I knew Dusty would get that one. It would, so now the, the city of Chicago is suing him for 130k because they want their money back on his made up bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Did you hear about that, Scott? I don't know. Case? I, no, I, I don't know oh, anything about it. You have some YouTube to do. And yeah. It's going to be quite amazing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just I'm sure smooth. everybody listening. We're going to get a lot of comments of people who know exactly yeah, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. You got to. I read a funny. Scott, I read a there's funny. There's not a much oh, better way to ruin your entire life when you've got it almost completely did. by the nuts. Yeah. Than what this asshole did. 
famous, famous star on a hit TV show getting paid like real money. Oh, yeah. And then you fake. How do you even like even saying it? He faked a hate crime against himself to but try to paid. generate. Yeah, he paid two guys to stage a hate crime. Holy and shit. Then and, and then he said it was white guys with MAGA hats that poured yeah. bleach on him, put a noose around his neck, beat him up, and, you know, said a bunch of In the of middle of the night in Chicago. Huh. At 2 a.m. in Chicago. And the cops are like, we're not buying this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it turns out he was a lying piece of shit. No and kidding. And he made it up because he was so – how deranged, Dusty, are these people oh, unbelievable. that he hated Trump so much – he hated Trump so much that he ruined his life to try to generate media attention wow. to a hate crime that didn't happen. Wow. By two MAGA hat. It was very specific. They both had MAGA hats. Yeah. Right? Huh. Yeah. I, I feel like in the US, what I would love to see happen is anybody who creates a false crime should then do the time associated with the crime that they created. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, cool, idea, that's man. now your, you know what I mean? Because the amount of people who do that, and I mean, and then the even worse part is the amount of people who do that, and then people who truly have these situations happen, they get blown off. Yeah, right. Or not taken seriously enough because so many fraudulent ones are out there. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's, I think, that's the terrible part. Yeah, the yeah. legit ones, you know, may get, sometimes could get missed because of the amount of bullshit. I don't know. I'm I'm old school. Like I, I think about, and this isn't political. This is like life. Like the way that the world has changed. It used to be okay if you steal that, you might lose your hand. Yeah. Are you right. sure you want to steal that? And I think right. a lot of people opt to not steal something unless they absolutely must. If they're going to lose a hand, and it's the same thing. Like you know, with doing shit on the internet and talking trash, it's like. It used to be if you said something to somebody, you you better be prepared to fight them. Yes, back you're going it up. To. <laughs> yeah, you got to back it up in real life. You know, now you don't. You yeah. Just yeah, don't or you or you use a gun. <laughs> the, the best quote that I read that just said it all was uh, this one guy wrote on a YouTube video I watched about the case. He wrote, um, "I lived in L in L A for 21 years, and I worked with a great number of celebrities and famous actors." And he said, and one thing I can tell you is that actors assume they will be great liars and they are hardly ever right. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, this guy sounds like he has some wisdom. Sounds like he's dealt with a few of these fucking assholes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just watch sounded the Chappelle, like he, though. Yeah. 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 Watch the Chappelle. You got to, I'll send it to you. It's, it's a great joke. All right. Great bit. Great bit. Okay. What's going on? Do we have, uh, so we covered everything. Scott's getting married. Um, it's hard to top that. Yeah, to top we're, that. we're done. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah. Yes. I, I do want to say, by the way, thank you to everybody on social media for your messages and all that stuff. That was like I posted that picture up and it was the like the most likes that I've ever gotten on a picture. And it was cool to see you because we were so excited well, and a bunch of people were excited for us, you know, so it was nice. easily the most. You're easily the most likable of the three of us. <laughs> Not even close. I think people feel bad for you once a week 
<laughs> when you're on the show with us. <laughs> yes. I have no idea what I'm doing. Okay. I got a lot of questions if you want to just hammer into questions. We don't have anything bodybuilding we got to cover, do we? Nothing really happened. No. There was the, the shows. The Masters USA's happened. I, I didn't pay attention oh, to that, yeah. though. I had other stuff going on. And Nationals is coming up this weekend. Yeah. There's a guy I'm really rooting for, Nate Spear. He's a good yep. friend of our programming. Yep. I don't know how he did this. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to pull up a picture, you guys. Uh oh. Oh, Nate's going to be on the show. He's going to. Yes. He's, it's not the first time. We've been talking about no. him all week. No, no. But uh, he made his waist smaller somehow. First of all, check this out. Here's a. Just kind of show his conditioning. Here's uh, as of just this recent, like the date last day like or so. Yesterday or something. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. And somehow. He brought his waist down. Don't ask me pretty, how you do that. It's pretty drastic. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Don't ask me how you do that. Of course, I... Uh... Now, here's a question, just to be a skeptic. Yeah. Do we have an actual measurement to prove it's smaller, or does it just appear smaller? That's the thing. I don't care which, which it is. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever it is, it looks smaller. Here he is. Yeah, him and his coach, Andrew Barry are freaking killing it but he does man his legs came up which may maybe that's what makes his waist look smaller his, his physique has always had like he's always had crazy quad sweep down low and really good v taper but now it just looks like magnified and man. uh he's, he's really starting to fill his frame out like this looks really good what does he weigh i have no clue honestly i don't that's know that's awesome but he i mean he what had do you think a, dusty I think it's the green trunks. Yeah. Green trunks. Green yeah. trunks. If I would have ever wore green trunks, my waist would have been terrible. Damn it. What was That's the what, what was the it's worst the cut. color? What Perfect was the cut. worst color trunks you guys ever wore? There's gotta be like one pair where I you're just, like, that was a mistake. I just, I just talked about I wore, this the other day. Uh, I read I wore velour in my first show. That's all I have to say. I wore a red velour. Apparently I thought I was stripping also at some point. I don't know. <laughs> If I was playing, what, what year was it that? Off, Dusty? 2006. See, yeah, because, that um, well, what you didn't know, Dusty, see, I've seen the evolution of posing trunks. My first trunks in, in 97 were wet look turquoise, shiny wet look turquoise. That was a very 90s, like, the wet look trunks were like a like a thing that was like oh yeah you got to have those yeah. real shiny blue bright fucking blue and then i went to like black trunks for a lot of shows and the what dusty's talking about with the velour we called them velvet yeah, yeah velvet. but that's right velvet. but uh those were like that was like a pro thing like everyone that it was like oh you got to go to velvet trunks that's what the pros are wearing huh. so like we all went to velvet trunks for like all the 2000s, like yeah. 2000 to 2010 was like velvet trunks before like people started wearing other, going back to the other materials. And then the pros started doing a lot more stuff like decor, like the night show. Trunks a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. They when had, like that the holographic started, but, stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it had to be kind of subtle. It couldn't be like fucking a figure suit, but they were doing stuff to their night show trunks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can't remember exactly what years that all was, but the only time I ever didn't like my trunks was this one year I wore red trunks mm -hmm. and um, I just, for some reason, just look back at the pictures and I'm like, eh, I wouldn't wear those again. You know was what it I mean? Like I don't not know good why. contrast? 
I don't know. Maybe just my skin tone. Maybe just wasn't yeah. right. I had a, at my second show, I had burgundy trunks and I thought those looked awesome. But then when I wore red ones, I was like, eh, I wouldn't do that again. We went too far. We went too far <laughs> into this redness. Yes. I don't yeah. know what it is, Dusty. Is it just, what do you think? What, what about you? Scott, what'd you get? What kind of weird trunks you get? Scott, did you ever wear silver trunks? Were you that guy? I never had silver. The funkiest (laughs) ones I ever wore were like a metallic purple color. And I actually Mm -hmm. liked those because they had a good cut to them. The biggest mistake I made for me was burgundy, Ron. Because my my tan looked like the exact same color as my trunks. So I basically looked naked. We're naked. Yep. I, I tell that to people all the time when I see them wear something, I'm like... No one stopped you from doing this. Between that <laughs> right. or like, or you have the one guy that's like, I'm going to go with white. I'm like, you're no. going to wear white trunks. No. Yeah. No. Like you're, you're such the a mess. trunk maker should be like, no, I don't even have white. Why would I have white? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And you, I, I, I tell people to go with a dark color because of all the tan and bullshit that you got to put up with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They've okay. gone too far. Sorry, I got distracted. Okay. Nate, you look ridiculous. And this weekend's probably going to be the best nationals in six, seven, eight years. Like, we, we've had some weak, uh, a couple weak rounds, in my opinion. This is a deep show for supers yeah. and heavies and light heavies that I know of. You know? Um, what, what about that? Is it Justin Shear? What's that? Is that his name? Is it that Sheer, that Sheer guy? Yes. Um, what show is he doing? About. Nationals? Is that the Nationals? We have. That has to be it. That's the only one that's coming, right? I can't remember how to spell it. Right here's there. His, yeah, uh, Justin Sheer. Here's his picture. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's looking sick. Huh. You know? What, what is he? Is he heavyweight? He's a lot bigger. He's a yeah, pro. I don't know what he weighs. <laughs> what he is is a pro. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what show he's doing. He's doing the show. I think he's. I think he's a heavy, but I could be wrong. Might be a super, but I think he's a heavy. I think he's um, a heavyweight. <clears throat> uh, Jordan you know, Janowitz I mean, is doing looks, it too. He looks nuts, dude. Well. Yeah. Jordan, I knew Jordan from the time he was a kid. I, I worked for Seven Up, and he worked at one of the grocery stores that I came to. And he he was like like a skinny kid, legit. And then he did um, like the Natural Michigan and won the whole thing. Put put, put him up, put him up. Yeah, I, let me see here. Be... Hold on a second, I'll find his. Uh... And then he won the whole see, thing. And then from there, he just blew up. Like I was much bigger than him when I met him. And when he took off, man, he just took off. He's got just old schools, heavy ass slag muscle. Yeah. Chris finds another one. It looks really good. This is, I believe, his first Nationals. Getting ballsy. Open up your whole screen like that, buddy. I would never do that. <laughs> never, never would I do that. Yeah, he's got, you that know. That looks great. His, he, the one thing he'd really been Show working on was his back. the hams and shit. Yeah. The back is the thing I know he had been working on bringing up. These guys are in great condition. See, I'm oh, not all seeing of them are in great condition. There's a side chest, but it's okay. old, I think. Yeah, this is old. This is but look not at the like, hams. Yeah, he's got some crazy legs on him. Yep. So I he know was, back was he something. Was, 
going back and forth with Jake back in the day. I mean, he's been doing this forever. Yeah. And been in the mix the whole time for years and years and years. Then I think they uh, had a couple kids, and now he's back. And apparently better than ever. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking good. It's going to be a good well, show. I feel like I was paying so much attention to a couple of, like, athletes that just competed and stuff like that that I sort of missed, mm-hmm. like, what was going on with some of the American pro qualifiers. This you know? is this is going to be the – there are – assuming they all continue to compete – there are 15 guys competing this weekend that will be pros for sure. Right. Hmm. Do you see yeah. that? Here's a question. Do you think like, do you think bodybuilding is run through a cycle and maybe it's, maybe it's going to have a, you know, we talked about how the numbers were down in the big classes and this is no, we weren't, weren't a lot of supers around and, and that sort of thing. But do you think it's going to swing back and we're going to see like a, a big fucking pump era again or what? I hope so because here's what I am here's here's what I know we are seeing, uh, and not across the board obviously, but training hard as fuck is becoming popular again. So guys what are you back said- to wanting to train nasty. You're seeing crazy shit get done, and not by three guys, by a lot of people. So right, it's that's becoming exciting. standard. Yeah, and you know how we talked about how there were still guys in great condition. But it wasn't running deep into the classes. Like we were yeah. saying, the, the winners were the guys in the condition, and then everyone else was like off. You know how we, yeah. we felt that way for a while? Do yep. you think that maybe we're getting into a new era where we're going to see like the condition people are starting to understand now? Like, like you know, we get that. I always loved the old days when there'd be 15 guys with striated glutes and the light heavies. Hmm. Well, I, th- I think at that level, you might, because here's the thing. Um, and I'm just guessing but when you looked for the last few years you'd see like say say supers you'd see two really good supers and then everyone else about the same so they became the exception not the rule whereas you watch this class you're gonna see five or six or seven i mean could be more i don't know who else is doing the show these are the ones we know of um and in multiple classes now it's the rule like you yeah, won't yeah. even get looked at this weekend if you're not peeled, and these guys have dense ass muscles. So, yeah, yeah. I hope so, man. Because I stopped going to bodybuilding shows because it's boring. Right. You know, it's very disappointing. I mean, and, and it's not like that. You know, old man crying shit. Like I can watch a natural bodybuilding show with 120 pound dudes that are peeled and be like, "Fuck yeah, respect." Like, sure. yeah, you went to yeah. hell. Um. And I went to a couple shows. And I literally was like, "Wow, so nobody, huh?" Like, right? You just you wouldn't have gotten on stage back then. And I think the reason is, um, this is my guess, but when I started, there was only a handful of people prepping you, and they only brought people in one way. Hmm. And now we have ten million prep coaches, and I really do feel like, just like across the board in the world, we're we're looking for an easier way, not a better way to do things it's a great point actually i agree with that you know like i i talked to uh chris acido at one point and i said man i, I miss the days because when i first started there we didn't do refeeds we didn't do hide we sure as fuck didn't do cheeseburgers and sushi during prep your prep started 12 14 weeks out and it got worse every day until the end <laughs> like you just it, it just <laughs> never like there was no pause and, I, and i'm not saying that that's 
the right way. Obviously, we learned that there are things that you can do, but I think it's been taken a little too far because I, I mentioned that to Chris. I said, man, I kind of miss it when we used to just diet and you knew that, okay, for the next 12 weeks, this is going to suck. And Chris's yeah. response, I mean, you know how this works, Ron, when you're texting back and forth, he goes, and typically that guy still wins. Yeah. That was his response to that statement. It's like, hmm. so maybe that era is not gone. It's just we've forgotten. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you know how it is. I mean, even as an athlete, and I'll say this uh, as someone who liked to suffer, when you know you get the high days, you do find yourself like, oh, I wonder if I'll get one today. Like you're sure. actually like looking for them. Right, um, right, right. I never looked for anything. Like I, I would remember when, you know, the big thing would be like JJ be like, you know what? Add a hundred grams of rice to the second meal today. And I'm like, a hundred grams? <laughs> Holy shit. You know, I would eat yeah. each, each grain I, with a with a uh with a chopstick. <laughs> I, I was just I was just saying how uh um you know, like I was explaining to a client the other day how people, you know, like I remember using refeeds when I did my first diet, but it was when my buddy would tell me to have one. And I think I did two days where I had some extra food out of the, like it was like a 14 week diet, my first show. And I had like two days where he gave me a bunch of carbs. And on one of those days I had a cheat meal. So I had one cheat meal in 15 weeks, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that seemed like a lot. I was like, oh, I had a couple of high carb, day, high carb days this diet. So I really was able to keep myself together. Right. And uh, and now it's like, you know, you hear people, it's like just, you know, they're just having them all the time, whether they lost weight or not. You know, well, you, you know, who so ruins it's it kind of for bodybuilding is it's uh, in there somewhere. Pe people like me, <laughs> like because it was content. So you're like, oh, thank God, I have something else to say besides I'm walking and hmm. doing cardio and training. So I would always post every single meal I ate on the high day. Right. Well, I didn't post a lot of other meals. So if you really think about it from the outside looking in, it's like, man, it looks like this guy's having this shit all the time. Or yeah, it'd be at the right, end right. of a prep. So I might have been having it quite, quite often. But I think in hindsight, you look back and you're like, well, you're bitching that people are having these all the time, and you're the one that was like, "Look at all this fucking food I eat. And look how peeled <laughs> yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be like me, <laughs> dumbass." <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, I was gonna ask you, when, when, Dusty, when's the last time you took on a like short notice client, like someone who's like, "Hey, I'm four weeks out and I need help." And and, uh, and then we'll and then you too, Scott. Like, what's your experience with that? I just did this year. I think before July, I took a, I took a, a, some clients when you went into a coma. Yeah, you took some of mine oh, yeah. before we noticed. <laughs> that don't count. They were ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he already. Yeah, yeah. Humble strength already looked pretty good. I just helped land the plane there. Take a couple of firsts. What about you, Scott? Uh, you know what? I try to dissuade people from hiring me on short notice anymore because I, you know, it, here's the thing. I've had people who are like, hey, I've been prepping myself and, uh, you know, I, I feel like I could use some help. I have a month left and I've kind of told them like, hey, listen, I'd be happy to help you. But the reality is, you know, I'm thinking of a couple of situations in particular that happened this year where I've been like, 
we can't do what I would want to be able to do with you in a month. If we were to say, give it eight weeks, you know, maybe we could shoot for another, another show, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, last year I started working with a good friend of mine, Andrea Watson. I had helped her on short notice for her first show or coach Bale, like just stopped responding like six weeks out. And then she was, and then she went to uh, a big name person uh, uh, who basically they, what Stole was the deal? Money. No, no. Rhymes she with what? Uh, <laughs> somebody that you guys love, would actually really like. So I don't want to say any names, but okay, she, okay. she said, you know, she, she wasn't getting into good enough shape is what it came down to. And the phrase that she used was that she said, skinny doesn't look good on you. You don't need, you needed to be like full was a thing. And mm-hmm. we ended up, she was like, hey, she didn't she it just wasn't jiving with her. And she had worked with her for like the whole year, off season, all that. So she asked, would I help her? And I think I jumped in at like eight weeks out. We pulled like 20 pounds off of her. Like we instantly hit the gas. And she ended up coming in more de- she did really good, but she came in more depleted than we would have liked. But the nice thing is, is that this year then she's worked with me ever since then. And this year we got to do like the full thing. And it's so much different when you get to diet the fat off beforehand and then, you know what I mean, come in full to the show. Because if like you can get that fat off sometimes in that last six weeks or so, but it doesn't mean you're going to be full. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a funny thing about the funny thing about taking someone on short notice is that you're sort of setting yourself up for like there's a lot of risk and 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 the way other people see it there's very little reward obviously there's also that personal reward of helping someone which is great but especially if they look good or do well mm-hmm. but if they do really good people can say oh well they're they're good anyways you know but yeah. if they do bad then they can say oh well he fucked oh, up fucked the up. last four weeks of <laughs> You know, it's and if they do good, it's like, oh well, he looked pretty good when he got him. So, you know, like yeah. you, you're setting yourself up for like a lot of uh, risk and not really any like you don't really get a lot of like like obviously they give you credit for helping them and all that, which is but it just the way people perceive it can sometimes yeah. be like the shorter that time frame is, the, the worse it gets too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like if it's two weeks, it's a lot of risk for you with very little reward. Sure. You know, because if they look yes. awesome, people are going to say, oh, well, they must have been in shape two weeks out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, they probably that's that's the thing, though, too, is is you can do you remember? Oh, I wish I could remember the year so I could tell the story properly. But um, the year that Mark Dugdale looked the best at the 212 Olympia, he made top five. Can't remember what it was, but um, he did his own prep and they used um skip loading but not skip loading because they did a shitload he had never tried it he had Hmm. never played with it they didn't really know what they were doing and he would he was eating literally i remember he used telling the story he was eating and he would just plow a bunch of food and then he'd wait and he hit some shots and he'd look at christina his wife and he's like what do you think she's like eat some more and so he's like okay and they they didn't even know what they did by the time it was all done and he hit the stage and it just was perfect. I mean, the fucking stars aligned. It was the best he'd ever been. And I remember thinking to myself when I heard the story, I'm like, and you can't reproduce it. Yeah. Not even close. No, you're wrong. You can never reproduce the exact same show. We all know that. Um, 
I learned that from meeting Jay after the 01 Olympia. We all have a show that will haunt us forever. Huh. Because as good as you get, it's... I mean, think about it. He did 01 and then he had 09 was the next like, holy shit, the perfect... You know what I mean? 02 was solid, but you know what I'm getting at. It's like, it's just not that common. But that's the other thing about taking somebody like that. It's like, if I even if I nail it, I'm like, cool. I got lucky. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> that went really well. I too have no idea how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, want me to hit some questions? Yes. Yeah. What do you got, man? Okay. And you said you had some bodybuilding ones, Scott, right? Yeah. I have a, I have a bunch of them from the, the think big group. So yeah, if okay. you want me to jump in with any of those, just let me know. Okay. Um, we do. Oh, someone wants us to all give our current body weights. What's your current body weight? 4. What, what is it? 282.4. 282.4. What's yes. yours, Scott? Uh, 215. Solid. 215. Solid. <laughs> okay. Minus 249. No kidding. You, you Under 250? It. Holy shit. So I didn't tell you guys. I, I, I was 245 last Tuesday. Um, when Damn. I got home from the Toronto show. Yeah, I hadn't eaten. I hadn't eaten very much that weekend, right? And I was probably, and I didn't really train. You know, I trained once out of four days, and um, so I got home and I weighed myself the following morning after I had a good sleep, and right. I was like two forty five, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, I was two forty four when I won the ninety nine Albertas. I beat that in June. You're weak. Uh, one pound. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go, Dusty. Okay. <laughs> Someone wants to know if there's any potential. Oh, it's Eric. Hey, Eric. Uh, is there any potential for another JP interview? Of course Catch up is. with him. See what he's doing. Done. Let's, we will we make should that, do that happen. We should do that. I want to hear how things are going for him. Yeah. Okay. Um, in what case... Do you use Novadex over an aromatase inhibitor like Arimidex or Aromacin? For any individual or for myself? Because for myself, I don't. Just saying, what, what application <laughs> would you say it could be useful? And why don't you ever use it? Why don't you feel you need it at all? I don't use any AIs unless I'm absolutely trying to dry out. I, I have naturally low uh estradiol so like i can be blasting in the off season and i don't take anything um never had any gyno issues or and if i take well and if i take it i notice the opposite i'll see my body like tighten up i'll have the strength will dip sex drive will disappear like that's on like one adex every couple days so Hmm, yeah i don't even have it in my house no kidding okay yeah interesting what about you scott when would I use Novadex? Uh, maybe with Versus a f- an AI. I would yeah. say kind of like trick question. I'd use Novadex with a female for, you know, for that harder, drier look, mm-hmm. you know, in figure, say, for instance, not in bikini. But that's the only application I'd really have. Or if somebody were to get gyno, you know, that'd be right. the only other time that I'd be like, hey, we should throw some Novadex in. Maybe part of a post-cycle therapy, but for like estrogen controlled on cycle, it would not be a thought. So um, I've always just used Novadex. I've always just ever told people Novadex is for gyno. Right. Like it's the most direct way to block because it's that blocker. It actually, you know, technically it's a weak estrogen 
and it it plugs the keyhole and like bungs it up and makes the keyhole like useless. So then when the real good estrogen floats by, it can't get in it's there. It's got a bunged keyhole. keyhole. Yeah, it's got a bunged up keyhole, right? No <laughs> Sorry, that. I wanted to say no that one. so bad. <laughs> no so, so um, you know, there's guys out there. It must be super frustrating, Scott. I'm sure you know them. Like, they're only using a little bit of stuff, and they just seem to get gyno. Like, hmm. they just, you know what I mean? Those guys that just can't seem to take any tests. They just fucking get some gyno. And sometimes Novadex can really help those dudes. Other times, they just they can't take anything that aromatizes. Like, there's people out there that are just so crazy sensitive. They have to use, like all fucking dhts <laughs> you know or, or non-aromatizing androgens or whatever you got you got to take but yeah um and then also females um i've i i find that when a a female throws a bit of novadex in like you know close to a show mm-hmm. that just I, I know we we call it drying out right but i wonder how much of it is also like helping to kind of get rid of fat in certain areas too i don't know you know what I mean? I think it is About, definitely. I mean, is it all drying out? I don't know. It looks great. Whatever's happening, whatever happens, yeah. is yeah. a positive visual improvement. But yeah. you know, we aren't we aren't actually doing a laboratory like test of how much is water and how much is like extra fat being liberated. Yeah, because yeah. Of, we're like, saying is it looks estrogen. better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> estrogen dependent fast fat storage and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like when someone yeah. says the tie in, they're like, "It's actually not a thing." I'm like. It is to us. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's an area. Yeah. It's a visual thing. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also keep reminding people to use as little estrogen control as you can possibly get away with because like I had a guy come to me a, f- a few weeks out from his show and he just felt like absolute fucking garbage and he wanted help. And I said, send me your drugs and send me your diet. The first thing I saw was he was doing one Arimidex every single day. And or might have been two. He might have been doing two Arimidex every single day. And I was like, stop taking it. Like, you're only on a couple hundred, hundred milligrams of test. Yikes. You know, you know what I mean? so just stop taking it or whatever I said. And within like a week, he was like, he messaged me. He's like, holy fuck. He's like, I feel like I just took off a, a 50 pound backpack and all of a sudden, like everything is just different. Yeah. So it's something to consider. People don't realize what they're doing. I used to crush estrogen years back. Like we, it, it was like, yeah, in, we all did. Yeah. It'd be oh, like yeah. at the end, you know, you'd up the Arimidex. And then if you really wanted to go crazy, you felt like, hey, maybe I got a little estrogen left. Then you'd start taking a couple of Electro a week too on top of that. Just like, I, yeah. Go to yeah, zero. Two or three Arimidex a day was not crazy last couple of weeks of a prep. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. It was like a heavy finish with those because yeah. we yeah. expected to feel like garbage anyway. So it was like yeah. six weeks out to be a Remedix every single day. And then I remember like I had a couple, I had a couple coaches that would throw Novadex in anyways. And they're like, yeah, it drives people out. Just take it. It drives people out. And, <laughs> and, and, and I actually have and done did. that with a few guys. <laughs> yeah. Like I, 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 one guy said to me, he goes, Hey, I got a handful of Novadex at home. And I was like, ah, take one a day for the last 10 days. And you fucking dried out. Yeah. It definitely like did something. I was like, oh, well, less diuretics. We <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, next question. Oh, here's one for you. Is there any TV movie? Is there any TV show or movie? 
that you would be very happy if they did a remake. Ooh. That's you know, tough. We bitch, about, because... we bitch about the remakes ruining it, but is there anything you'd love to see a remake? A remake well, or a Okay, reboot? there there is actually a remake that is allegedly done that isn't out yet that I actually want to see and I was strongly against, which is Top Gun. Huh. Because oh, really? I saw... So they actually, like, took them in airplanes and it's supposed to be soup. Like, they even had, like, all the cast actually go through flighter like not flying the planes but in the planes and getting used to that feeling and all that shit i watched like a 30 or hour documentary on that movie coming out and i think it was started right around covid so i don't know what's happening but tom cruise was in it um are, it's are you talking because be i know nuts. they did i know they made top gun 2 and they just haven't put it out yet yeah that's what i'm talking about but that's oh the closest I would call to a, it's not a remake, but I mean, right. It's a 30 year sequel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That is a big spread. eh? but it's, but it literally like, cause I remember when I first heard it, I immediately like balked. I'm like, no, do not touch, <laughs> do not touch top gun. Goose is gone. It's it. Right. Um, but then I did, I watched that, uh, that thing and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I want to see this. Okay. And now I know what happened. Ron, get to the bottom of this. Call your people. <laughs> I feel I like know. people should talk to Ron since he knows all this. Shit. I feel the, like that too. I, I, I will say this. If you go on YouTube and you look up Top Gun 2 and you watch the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Looks good. Goosebumps. See? See? Oh, yeah. Especially when he's like talking to when he's when they have this a scene in the trailer where like the commander's sort of like talking to Tom Cruise. Like. Mm -hmm. Given him his record of insubordination or something like right. that. It's I know, it's a good and you're still the best goddamn pilot we got. Or he's got some line like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then you see Tom Cruise in the cabin. And Tom Cruise has an amazing ability that I completely forget he's a lunatic when he's in a movie. <laughs> Like when I see Tom Cruise in the cockpit and he's like, you know, uh, the bogey flies right overhead and he like turns and he looks and he's like, holy fuck, you know? And he's like, I think there's Tom Cruise in the fighter jet. Yeah. Fucking yeah. You know, I don't think there's that lunatic Scientologist yeah. fucking weirdo <laughs> yeah. that like is fucking like, I don't think any of that. He's a great actor. I love his movies. Hard to beat. Yeah. So I'm All excited. All realistic about Top movies too. too. All of them. Maybe we need Days of Thunder too. Oh my God, Cole Trickle. He always goes wide. Hey. Maybe what is he? He is he the is he like the the guy that comes in to like give advice to the new young racer? Is that the you know? <laughs> the angle? <laughs> yeah. Do they put a little extra gray in Tom's hair for this one? You know, they might have to. You know, they might have to. Okay. That was a great movie, though. Damn. Um, favorite moment. In the movie American Pie. I don't know why that's so specific. That's, I figured uh, that was up Dusty's alley. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, it's, it's, it's jizz definitely hard to beat the uh, the shock of the uh, one time at band camp. I stuck a flute up my pussy. That was a tough one. to. <laughs> that's a great line. That's, that's a, a memorable line. moment. Think about it like, like with our 
parents or our parents' parents, they're like, oh, yeah, I remember in Gone with the Wind when, you know, this was said. Right. And we're like, hey, remember an American Pie flute remember in the pussy? Casablanca? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, kid, or whatever you said. Yeah, yeah. 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 Stifler's mom. I mean, come on now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the actual dick in the pie scene, too. I mean... <laughs> You know, and then shit break. He's always got to drive home to take a shit. Like, who doesn't relate to that guy? <laughs> who, who does not relate to this guy? <laughs> you know, I think because that yeah, was yeah. the uh, that movie was out when I was in that age group. Like, I think I was sixteen when that was out. So, no way. Yes, it's phenomenal. Maybe I feel like it was. I think I was in high school still. What year was that? Quick. Quick! What I'll year was up. that? Was it ninety? Was it? It was a nineties movie, right? It would have been ninety nine. I, I bet it's end so. of the millennia. It, it, it was Come a good way now. to close out the the century. Ninety nine, you know, ninety nine. Yeah, graduated in ninety nine. See, there, there you it was, go, motherfuckers. You're like seventeen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK. You'll get some savings. You'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Here's a good one. How important, to, how important is the Grey Cup to Canadians versus the Super Bowl to Canadians? And I will tell you this. I will tell you this much. I love football, and I watch the NFL highlights every Sunday on the TV at the gym. I don't really involve myself with regular season, but when playoffs come, I like I like to really, you know, oh, fuck, cool. Okay, it's oh, you know awesome plays. Like, I love that shit. I was working on my computer last night, mm -hmm. and a little alert came up from my little news app, and it said, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers win the 2021 Grey Cup. And I went, oh. <laughs> I didn't even know that was on today. <laughs> I didn't even know they were still playing. Oh my god! That's how that's much awesome. I pay attention to. That's how much I pay attention to CFL now. But that's just nowadays. I, I, I thought that that was going to be an alert that said that uh, Tom Brady got his 700th career touchdown in a one-drive overtime win. <laughs> I knew that, and I saw that ball boy hustle for that fucking ball, too. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. That ball's worth some money. I wonder what he did with that one. Fucking right under here. <laughs> That's where that one went. That one's going to be up on eBay. He has got every record, like, record there is. He's got some records where he, I think he beat himself in a record last night for well, yeah, number of touchdowns against a specific team. Hmm. <laughs> During his yeah, career. Well, he, he's he's like um, he, he's like uh, Ed Cohn, where like he can say, "Oh, I had 118 world records," because he would literally beat his own world record five times in one meet. Huh? Yeah, 
So he would like do a squat and they'd go, oh, it's a new world record. And then he'd come back and do another squat. Oh, it's another world record. So he could say, I got two today in squats. Right? <laughs> yeah. They were both mine that I beat, but, right. but I did. So Tom, Tom Brady's like, there's a record. Next touchdown. Stupid you now. Oh, there you are. You're back. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was fantastic. I've, Ron, I've actually started watching uh, football two days in a row every week. Really? I just I sit at the – well, the dogs like it better if I work on the couch. So I literally have it on, and I'm working and watching. So, so – Set, the, set this up for me because you don't post pictures about your actual working. Are you feet up, laptop on your lap, typing yes. away with the NFL yes. on the big screen? Yes. And I've got That's the mouse on the ground on the on the seat next to me to get around a little bit. And then Donna's oh, you're, to the left. You're, you're mousing it. You're still you're, oh, yeah. you're a mouse man. Yeah, I don't like this. I still have my wireless. Nice. I, oh, need yeah. I don't like that thing. I don't need that shit in my life. It's no good. Yeah. Huh. Apple okay. gave me this mouse, and I'm going to take care of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Sam, this, these are the little things, right? The, the things, things you wonder. Dusty. Yeah, There's going to be people that are what, like, what, he's is a he mouse a mouse man? man? <laughs> yeah, they're shocked. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about you, Scott? Your, your work environment is like a fucking, it's like a production studio. So you're not like, you don't go lounge on the coat. I'm here. Work, do you? I'm here. You? Here's the thing is that, so I have... I mean, I'm a I'm a mouse guy as well. In fact, I got I got, got two of them, Dusty. Fucking, I got two of them. He got just I got like out-moused. guns and got more than one. I got two of these guys as well. Yeah, gotta have <laughs> you gotta have the yeah the guns are here too. Uh, we'll leave those off the screen. I do. I think I get like um, I get real ADD. So if I have too much going on, I'll lose my focus. So if I'm here in my little cave, I'm plugged in. But with Victoria being here now, and I have, we have a, so it's a three bedroom home. Uh, we have like one little guest room set up and then the other room we turned into her office. So that's her space. I'm in the basement. All this down here is me and my studio and then the gym outside of this. So it's like, I'm, I'm sequestered down here, but it, it, it I want to like spend more time doing like the dusty thing where I sit on the couch, you know, have something playing in the background, dogs are hanging out, but I have a hard time with that. Cause then I'm like, wait, what was I reading? And I got to, you know, go over it a few times. So I'm better off, like just staying right here. Right. Locked yeah, in. Yeah. Does the gym ever call you though? Occasionally. Occasionally. I would have a hard time with that. Like the gym's like, Hey, your calves suck. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's what would happen to me. I know that maybe that's how your cast got so good. Maybe the yeah. gym was telling you they sucked for a few years. I don't I've know. wondered. I've wondered, man. What if I just did like a set of pull downs every time I walked out of here to like go get a coffee or go to the bathroom or something, let the dog out. Just you know, set a ten to failure. <laughs> every you know what's funny. All right, this is maybe this you, a good, this you a good trigger topic, some actually. This is a good topic yep. for real. Because yeah, so you you know how people tell you don't don't overtrain, don't overtrain, right? Yeah. When I first started with JJ Marsh, every single workout, we would do 60 pull-ups to start. Yeah. Okay. Three sets of 20 every single day. Then we would either do calves or abs every other time. And every single workout we would do body weight walking lunges three sets of 80 steps, and then we would start. Wow. Every single time. It's like a Kai Green warm-up right there. Yeah, I mean, it's like an hour to get started. 
But what's funny is I didn't have a back. And then I started to develop a back. And then obviously after that, Dante took over and took it to the next level. But I mean, I would, same thing in high school. Like I wanted bigger arms. So I started training them. Like every time I went to the gym, I would do some biceps. And don't get me wrong. I understand I'm about to confuse a lot of young guys. In the beginning, you get away with some shit. But Mm. in 2006, I was not new to the gym. Hmm. And I absolutely saw change. Now, I wasn't an athlete. It was three sets of 20 and done. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. But the other thing was, is after like a couple months, 20 reps was like, yeah, 20 jump off. You know what I mean? Right. Like I never, you were warm to 20. Yeah. So at that point, I think, I think at that point, like, you know, we're talking about training for hypertrophy and, and, and overload and stuff. But then there's like, if you go the other way to, to you lower the intensity and raise the frequency up really, mm-hmm. really high, you get into like the occupational hypertrophy zone. Right. It's like how you'll see like a guy who worked at a factory for 20 years has one trap that's bigger than the other yeah, because right. that's the one doing the thing. It's like occupational hypertrophy. It's just related to his job or how like you know, I, I was talking to some wheelchair bodybuilders at the, at the uh, Toronto Super Show a couple weeks ago. And the one guy said, he's like, yeah, you know, the funny thing was when I used to train, I had, a tr- I had problems with my triceps. He's like, and I've been in this chair for X number of years. He's like, my triceps are huge now. Hmm. And it was just like occupational hypertrophy, like just that many reps. It doesn't really matter about weight or intensity. It's just like yeah. overloading with reps. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's kind of interesting. And obviously there's genetic components to whether or not your body part's capable of that, I'm sure. But yeah. but some of this stuff is, is interesting because like there's people that train something and they can't get it to grow. And then they get a job where they're like, going up millions of steps and their calves grow and they're like, what the fuck? You know, it's kind of funny. Like I had a friend who body did bodybuilding for years and he had like, didn't really have calves. And then um, this is going the opposite way. And he was training the shit out of them and they weren't really growing. He switched to powerlifting. He did no calf training and his calves got bigger because his squat and his deadlift were way heavier. And, and so that's like the opposite end of the spectrum. But it's like, it's funny how you see it going both ways with certain people, yeah. yep. you know? So, but yeah, maybe that was what you had, Dusty. Occupational hypertrophy in the lats from doing those easy yeah. chin-ups. And by the way, three sets of 20 is like, I couldn't even. That's, that's a, a workout. Right there. <laughs> like, fuck, I need someone to hold my feet. Yeah. Like, oh, like this. Yeah. yeah. I don't see myself doing three sets of 20 now. That's for sure. <laughs> Were you like 170 pounds at the time or what? Jesus. No, I was, I was still over 200, but yeah, just, uh, yeah. it became, it was the same. It was just, you come in and he says 20 in the beginning, he would force me through them, spot me. And then, like I said, eventually it's just, it's like anything, right? You just, it yes. becomes part of the day. I remember too, from those lunges by the end, and it's something I still use every now and then with clients, like the overtraining, I was so sore all the time because again that's five days a week what is that yeah 240 lunges plus leg days and everything else but man i was peeled i mean the like the the muscle did look different and i swear and i this is where i love to argue against myself sometimes because it's like i can't deny that that did something yeah you know what i'm saying it's like so so here's this is perfect this is perfect because it goes into this question here. And this is from a pro friend of mine. 
How come some people consume far more calories than they've possibly burned and they still remain the same weight? And I don't know, what, what do you guys think? Like we all know those people. There's no way you burned 20,000 calories today just in your day. Like you right. didn't move enough to do that, but yet you eat pizza and you don't gain weight. So like, how is that possible? And so I just read an, an article I talked about thermogenesis or thermogenesis mm. or whatever you want to say it, where your body throws calories off to get rid of them. Right. And so I think the question's not worded like she's saying, how come people consume far more calories than they possibly burned and remain the same weight? I think the answer is, is that they did burn them. Right. It's just the math doesn't make sense because you go, well, this person, like, you know, that formula where if you weigh this or this many pounds and you do this much cardio at this much heart rate, you burn this many mm -hmm. calories. That's where, that's, where it does, that's where it goes wrong. That math formula is very, very generic. Oh, we oh. lost Dusty. I was so boring that Dusty left. He was like, I'm done with this. Good. I, I'm so glad I, you guys had something because I didn't, I didn't have an answer for this one. Yeah, so that that formula that they use, you know, like when you get on a piece of cardio and you and it says, you know, and people say, "Oh, I did 500 calories worth of cardio." Yeah. It's like that's very very inaccurate. I mean, if you go by that number, then yes, just standardizing it like using a broken scale. Yeah. But it's not a real number. That's not actually a real number. And a lot of the Fitbit stuff that people are doing, that's not a real number. It's close in a lot of cases and it's based on like a lot of, you know, kind of down the down the middle stats but there's these people who just give off so many more calories than they take in mm -hmm. and and what i read was that they think there's a new theory and they're doing some tests and studies on it that it doesn't necessarily have to do with how many calories your fitbit says you burned it's how much did you actually move and they think movement might have might like how much time you spent moving might have a huge impact on on your, your calories that your body gives off and it's difficult because you know people say oh this person burned 600 calories and this person burned 600 calories they both burned the same amount of calories but this person moved a lot more to do it right than this person did like if you burn 600 calories in one hour and then you're completely sedentary the rest of the day they're wondering if if the person who's busy all day yeah doesn't put on less fat. I would imagine so. Because uh, we we expect these numbers these numbers are like you know we're used to our numbers like locking together because math is perfect. But human, how many calories did you burn today is not a perfect science. Yeah, right? no, it's you not. You know what I mean? There's so many other variables. And so, you know, like I said, the person that goes by the calories on the treadmill, like, oh, I burned 500 calories on the treadmill. It's like, well, okay, yeah, you can go by that if you want to just graph it out. That's fine. But it's not a real number. Yeah. Right. You know, but the next person. There's a person ton of that it. in bodybuilding. I think that you, you know, much like what I just said with this, where could you scientifically debunk your own statement? Yes. Um, right. But you can't deny a result you see because – Here's the deal. You tell me to get ready for a show again, and I have to get as peeled as humanly possible. You know what I'm going to do at the very end of the prep? I'm going to eat egg whites and white fish as if they're magic. And I'm right, going to get the more peeled. Are so low. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know what you mean. And it's like, and people will be like, you, you can do that with chicken. And 
I'm not even arguing you can't, but after experience and seeing my skin become cellophane, the last four weeks, I'm like, give me that food I fucking hate. Let's do this. Like, it works. And sugar-free ketchup. You know, <laughs> you know. So, the, but it, those are one of those things where I, it's funny because I am a, I'm not an anti-science person, but there are certain things I'm like, yeah, but I've seen it. Same thing with fasted cardio. I'm like, yeah, I still like it fasted for myself. You know, my my favorite thing about fasted cardio is that it's done. It yeah. starts, you know what it is for me is it starts my day and I'm always alert after that. <laughs> me too. You wake up yeah. kind of well, smoked and then I'm alert for a while for the day to like go crank and do the things that pay my bills after cardio. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Here's here's one that is an easy answer. He goes, what is Didashak's shoulder training like? <laughs> my client, Steve Didashak, <laughs> my buddy. I'm going to call him my client. He's just my friend. But uh, and I just thought this would be a good question for the show because the answer is he does laterals, rear delt movements, and presses just like everybody else. <laughs> Everyone wants magic. I got to tell you, by the way, uh, your guys's mirror upstairs is the magic mirror. He posted you know another picture off that mirror, and I was like, "That picture, I want to put that picture." In an Olympia battle with Flex Lewis's picture, but just the pictures, and I want them so to compete. That's a <laughs> that's a funny mirror because it's very very subtle. Because like, if you notice, the other people in the mirror look really normal, right? So it's just enough mirror that if you're already crazy, it like just because all just it did, all it does yeah, is gives just, him like eight more inches of width. On muscle that's really there, but I mean, literally, he posted the the picture after the show, and I was like, I don't even give a fuck. I would, I'd like to get in shape just to take some pictures in that mirror and lie to my uh, friends and family. That's what I used to look like. like, That was me. Right, right. Yeah, I get everybody sending me their progress pics from the mirror, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I want them, I want them straight on. Normal. I want them straight on. No mirror in the in the progress. Those are just for Instagram. But that's a real mirror, and those are unfiltered. So you know. Could say it's is that better than the oxygen gym mirror? Fucking right, it's that, better. I'm not it's saying better. that West Coast Iron has a better mirror than Oxygen Gym. <laughs> Dusty Hanshaw is saying that West Coast Iron has the better mirror than Oxygen Gym, and you know, okay. West Coast Iron will let you go home after you're done. Oxygen Gym, I've heard they won't. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't take your passport. <laughs> I gotta listen. I, I didn't hear any of that, but I gotta. I know there's a, a few videos out about that stuff lately. I gotta <laughs> check them out. Any recommendations, Dusty? What's the oh, one God. I want to watch? <laughs> Actually, what's funny is I just read it somewhere, and then you know I can immediately throw myself into the fire with something like that. I'm like, ah, I'll get in trouble with that. Let's do it. Right. right, right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know enough to comment. Here's my comment. <laughs> here's one. Here's one from a, a guy that I know. He's a very serious uh, men's physique competitor. His name's Adam. And uh, so he's, he's wondering about how much should he bulk up? And he, take in mind that he's a men's physique guy that's looking to turn pro and has a very good structure and all that. And he wants to you know get his pro card eventually. And um, he's about 5 6% body fat right now coming out of a show. Mm-hmm. What would you say for a men's physique guy? for off-season recommendations? Well, I'm going to just, you're going to hate my answer because it's very vague, but 
the one thing I would say to guys who have good structures is take your time. Go slower than you want to go. I'm a huge proponent in hindsight. For someone like myself, I really wouldn't have changed it because it was the only way I was getting there. But a guy like him, I would take it slow. I'd be obsessive that my structure does not alter for the worse as I get bigger. Because if you gain two inches across your shoulders and one inch in your waist, you are no bigger. You are the same person. So like, it's very, very key for those guys to be obsessive. Same thing with classic. Like I would put it on slow. I'd be heavy enough that I've obviously got an excess of calories and I'm strong in the gym, but I want to see everything happening. I want to watch. Plus you've, you've got a limit of how much mass you can put on. True. You need to make sure you're putting it on in the right spots. Um, Cause it's very easy in, in open bodybuilding to just go get fucking big, throw on a hoodie, throw on some pants, get fucking fat. I'll see what I did in a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put on 20 pounds of tissue. Fucking get to yeah. work. Right. And then, and, and yeah. I used to tell, I mean, I shouldn't even say used to, I still tell that to young guys like, well, my arms are weak. I'm like, fuck your arms. We got to, everything on your body's not good enough. Let's, we yeah, will worry about your arms in two years for now. Let's just see where, let's throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks. Um, right. But for I, a guy like that, take your time. You know what I mean? So I still think, you know, I mean, if he's, if he's, holds his body fat lean easily 10 12 percent is plenty fat 10 is even doable in my opinion yeah i i would even say if he's a type of guy that that maybe stays leaner he could he could easily hover around eight percent and still put on muscle yeah um but yeah i would say 12 tops um for men's physique and that's a real 12 not when people that are actually 16 and they say they're 12. <laughs> that's like True. a real 12 where you still see yeah, like a real 12 percent. you can still see all your abs most guys you know what i mean so okay i agree i would say stay lean don't let your body weight get too high your waist should be small and tight the whole year a men's physique guy should have abs all year really good abs you should yep. be able to pull your shirt up at any point in the year and have people go, fuck, you're in good shape. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's Plus, what we'll I would say. Plus, we'll let you for the hose. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Plus, if you're going to be a men's physique, if hey, Dusty, if you're going to be a men's physique champion, come on. Let's do it right. Exactly. Right? Fish in a barrel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I put up a Danny DeVito reel on my story yesterday from Always Sunny. Uh-huh. Oh, it just killed me. I get so many. I get so many laughs back. He's on. He's he's on a a, a tour boat, and he's taking over the the microphone. <laughs> like, I like to bang a lot of whores on weekends. I go out and, and I, I bang a lot of whores. Like, he's the best man. He he doesn't have a problem best. like. He doesn't have a problem like just being like the most hideous thing in the world. He's the most disgusting guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's but good he's with not. that. Like, yeah, yeah. I so I read of the funniest thing I ever read about Danny DeVito was this one fan. She was like, you know, I've been a fan of Danny because I'm a huge Always Sunny's fan or Always Sunny fan, and he's just such a gross like, just so on that show he's just terrible, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then she said, and then I got a chance to meet him in real life. And he was, and she said that she kept staring at how clean he was. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, he was very well groomed and clean. And yeah. his, like, you know, he, he, he his teeth and everything. Was, yeah. He like looked like he looked great. Like he looked, you know, for an old, he's an old, like, what is he, 70? Right. He's getting She's there, like, yeah. for a 70 year old man, he like, he looked great. 
And then she says, no, not always sunny. He just looks decrepit and disgusting. And, you know, <laughs> did you see that episode, Ron, where he came out of the leather couch? Oh, he's like such all a greased out scene. and he's just like climbing yeah. out, of, out of this. Dusty, you still haven't seen the, that show, have you? No. You, no. dude, you need to watch It's Always Sunny. Give it the like context if, of that scene, too. How, why he's coming out of the couch yeah. is so fucking funny. Just give it a and couple so episodes. Many, like, you gotta, uh, like, you gotta let it play all the way through and let the show okay. come together, man. I mean, you, you will be highly entertained. I'm certain of it. Yeah. There it has go. such a great, it has such a great script. Yeah, like, and how much they ad lib? Like they only—it's like the, the script is the skeleton of a script, huh. and the rest is just them ad libbing scene after scene, just like bouncing shit off each other. And the timing is so—it's so. That's why I love that show. Okay, uh, what else we got here? Uh, favorite and least favorite thing about Christmas. Let's start with Scott. Who I used to hate. Like I was anti-Christmas, like anti-anti-Christmas. It was not my favorite. Like I just, I didn't like it, man. It was depressing. The music would come on and I'd be like, oh God, just this is awful. I would say I'm a little bit more indifferent to it now. Uh, least favorite part though is trying to go shopping anywhere, like right around the holidays. Same with like Thanksgiving or anything. I'm like, I'm just trying to do my thing. I got to go get groceries. And now everybody's like here to buy, buy, you know, pie filling and hams. And, you know, they get in the way, all that. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite things. Um, He's like, shit, favorite thing, favorite thing. I, you know what? I, I, I'll, here's what I'll say. I think that holidays in general are a good time to think about what I'm grateful for. Be like appreciative of family this year. Be appreciative that Victoria is going to be here to spend it with me. You know, all, all that. It's like a good time for me to reflect on how the last year has gone uh, and, and think about, you know, like what I, what I want to, what I want to do in the next year, I guess. Nice. I like it. That's good. That's good. That's very uh, thoughtful, let's see. Scott. Well, thank you. So, Least favorite thing, uh, I don't really do, I don't really like the commercial side of Christmas. Um, I don't do the religious side either. Anyways, um, but the commercial side, if I was going to well, buy you, do you watch the football. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll buy you something just because. So it's, it becomes very difficult, honestly, like around holidays because I'm like, I'd much, well, for friends and stuff, we kiboshed that years ago. But I prefer to just be like, so what do you want? And I'll get it. I just don't, right. you know what I mean? I don't have like a great thought for something really, really good. And when I was broke, it was actually fun because you'd like, All right, I got 50 bucks. <laughs> How am I going to make this happen? And I used to pull off some shit I was pretty proud of. Um, so yeah, gifts is my least favorite part. And I don't really like people to buy me things because it's, I'm awkward with that. Um, my favorite thing is uh, typically, so I give away a thousand bucks, a hundred dollars at a time randomly during christmas like december so i'll just like see something and just hand somebody a hundred dollars you kid and that's always fun to see like a quick reaction but it's quick it's oh. like like one lady I, I go to a uh tropical grill i gave her hers last week um she remembered my name like the second time i was there and knows my order and she just seems really nice and so when i paid the other day i just handed her a hundred bucks i was like hey this is your christmas present thanks for everything and the reaction was like, I literally felt like I got something. Yeah. So that's kind of my, that's my fun thing. And it's, it's but not that dusty. much, but it's fun to do, dusty. you know? 
That's cool. Dusty, it, you didn't Instagram that. <laughs> valid. Very valid. I didn't I didn't take my credit for it. You know what's funny though is I do like when people talk about those things though. Um I don't know if you guys yes. follow Sean Whalen does that. Him and his buddies do what they call a thousand dollar tip. And they all go out to a restaurant, a group of them, like fourteen. And then when they're done, they tip the entire service people a thousand dollars per person at the table. Holy shit. So they left a fourteen thousand dollar tip. And I know a lot of people love to hate on that, but what I like about it is it makes me think of small versions of the same thing. Like, hmm. well, that'd be fun to do with 50 bucks. Group of five people. You leave $250 for the ticket, you know, the restaurant real quick. Like, That's doable for a lot of people. Fun, though. you know? Yeah. And I mean, hell, I think people forget when they, when they get in those things, it's like a big competition. Like, if you're supposed to get 10 bucks and someone leaves you a 20 and you're a waitress, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That kind of stuff to me is fun. Uh, to do that and like, you know, of course, getting a family is always fun too. You just get everything on the list. I feel like that's the difference is I've always had. So that's why the the gift part isn't that exciting for me, but someone else, it's cool. Right. What about you? Okay. Hmm. My favorite thing about Christmas is, uh, well, I used to love, like I grew up in a, I was pretty lucky, right? So we had like a big farmhouse and there'd be like a fire burning in the fireplace and a Christmas tree with a whole bunch of presents under it. And, you know, brothers, my brother's home from university and everyone's in the house and it's super cold outside, but it's super warm inside and cozy. And there's like all this food being cooked. It was like so ridiculously, you know, I was so lucky to have like you know, a whole, like what, 20 Christmases in a row like that before I left home, you know, um, <laughs> or 19, I guess 19 in a row before I left home, you know? So it was just, it was just such a, you know, there's box of chocolates on every table in the house. So you'd walk through the house and be like, Oh, it's a pot of gold here. And then you walk like 10 <laughs> steps into the kitchen and you're like, Oh, Ferrero Rocher, pop one of those. And then you go downstairs to see who's playing video games. And there's a fucking box of turtles on the table and you throw a turtle in your mouth and, uh, you know, grab a video controller, play some video games with whoever, you know, and their family's over. And I just, I mean, I was very lucky. I had a, a bunch of those. They were awesome. But now my favorite thing is, um, is just getting to like spend some time, like getting to spend some downtime and, and enjoy some Christmas dinner with, you know, family and stuff because it's, you don't get to see them often, you know? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so that's the best time. The worst part about Christmas by far is if you have to travel. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worst time of the year to travel. I know Jump it's like American there. Thanksgiving is like the worst, but yeah. Yeah. Worst time of the year. I, I just, you know. And now with like, you know, we got family spread out a little bit. So every year it's like, okay, hey, where are we going for Christmas this year? Are we staying here? Are we going to see my dad? Are we going to see your mom? Like, what are we going to do? You know? Mm -hmm. And uh, the years where we have to like do a big trip, it's like, okay, fuck, get ready. Get ready. Let's get good. <laughs> what are you flights. doing this year? Let's play. Yeah. Uh, well, this staying? year we're staying here. Her mom is coming here. Oh, nice. And her, uh, her uncle and aunt are already here. So we're going to just stay here and... We're going to actually go to the gym on Christmas Day and open the gym from 8 to 1. I think it's 8 to 1. Nice. So, um, yeah, the gym's always open Christmas Day for a few hours at least. And so this year we got all the owners there. So we're all going to be down there. We're going to, you know, crack the doors, put on uh, a Headbangers Christmas album. I'm sure we'll put that on loop. 
you know, uh, run, run, run Rudolph by Lemmy and Dave Grohl and Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top is my favorite Christmas song of all time. So I'm sure that will be on the loop as a meathead, <laughs> and, uh, a gym that will stay open or be open like that for Christmas. That in itself would be a thing where I'd be like, I want to be a member there. It really would. It really would. Oh, the members love it. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to get the fuck out of the house after they get up, they have breakfast, they open presents. They're like, yeah, I'm fucking out of here for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Or or they get up and they come train really early. Like at eight o'clock, they come train and then they go over to the families for like, you know, the afternoon. Right. Yeah. So right. they seem happy to be there. Yeah, well, yeah. plus it's kind That's of a it. cool time anyways when people walk in. I know uh, at Thanksgiving, Lance put up a, a post for the uh, Thanksgiving hours, and it was so great. It was like, Muscle Factory Thanksgiving hours, your key still works. We're still open 24 hours. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I know it is uh, all the stat holidays, like all the, you know, the, the long weekend holidays that come through the year. Uh-huh. I, always get, I always get an alert from Google. Check your business hours. Holiday coming, and I always just <laughs> d- dismiss it. Dismiss. Yeah, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> dismiss. Nothing. <laughs> Our to hours do, do with not change. Me. Yes. Scott, yeah, you said it. you Wait, had a couple. Are they? Are they? Yeah. Solid? Let's have a few more. We got time for a few more. All right. Let's see here. Um, ooh, there was a. Okay, there there was one here. It kind of in a way related to the question about the men's physique guy growing. But let's just look at this as uh, a question from just an open bodybuilder. Um, I can't read it word for word because there's a big long list I have here. But basically what he was asking was is uh, how how much difference should your weight be off season to contest? Like how much weight uh, gain would you have and say at the peak of your off season versus being, you know, absolutely shredded. Well, it depends on how big of a dude you are, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're a huge dude, um, I mean, if you're a huge dude, you could do up to 50 pounds. I argue in percentages. It's oh, the easiest percentages. way because okay. if you wow. were 330 and you were up, you know, and that's 20% above your contest rate of 270, that's not terrible. You know what yeah. I mean? It's 60 pounds. You're big. But the reason I like the percentages is because I, you'll see guys that compete at 180 and they're like, I'm 240. And you're like, yeah, and it's a little heavy. You're, and you know, also like. There's that little bit of a difference. Like, yeah, you're right. Percentage matters because they, if they're if they're 60 pounds up, but 20 pounds of it is water, um, then that's really only 40 pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I told you that the first time I, I did, and I'm going to use the word on purpose, the first time I bulked, uh, I got to two over 260. And when I was 208, I was still not in shape. That's how fucking fat I was. Like, it was just, you know, in my head, it was just weight, weight, weight. I, I stepped on the scale every day. I wanted that bastard going up. And, you know, I realized in hindsight, I was like, wow, I was just fat. And I mean, there was nothing left by the time I was actually in shape. I was sub 200 pounds and spent a whole year walking out 260 for nothing, hmm. you know, and fortunately didn't get a bunch of stretch marks or extra skin or anything. So, yeah, I think you got to watch. 
Um, I am a believer, and I know, Ron, you are too. When you're younger, I think, and I, I like to say a young person, not even young to bodybuilding, eat. I do think that coaching even has gotten in the way where everyone is so exact and we're we're making sure that we're, okay, now how many grams of rice am I supposed to have and all this? Like I had a guy last night, he's struggling to eat. And I'm like, do you like peanut butter and jelly? He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just... like, can you eat a couple of those every day? Yeah. He's like, how much peanut butter? I'm like, how much do you like? Right. What we get the same jelly? I would do grape. It's the best. Yeah. Um, grape's the best for gains for sure. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like if you really think about that stuff, you need to eat because he was stuck and he's not eating because he can't push down any more chicken and rice. Yeah. You know, so I think 20% is very safe, honestly. Um, weight, not fat. Right. right. I got to specify. <laughs> I got another one here then. Okay. Looking back on your bodybuilding careers, what is the one thing you wish you knew at a younger age? How uncomfortable it was going to be to hit my goal. Hmm. And I don't mean doing it. Uh, I put a post up about this the other day because after one of our conversations, Ron, about comfort not being part of it. But one thing nobody tells you is that like literally when you're at your heaviest and you're pushing, which I haven't been in years, your feet hurt every day. It hurts to stand up. You're less comfortable sleeping. You're less comfortable in the car. Like everything is uncomfortable for your entire life. And that is the reward for achieving your goal hmm. of getting fucking huge. Like nobody says I, that to you. And I mean, it wouldn't have stopped me anyways, but it was a surprise. Where I was like, holy shit. You know, when the elevator goes down in your building, you're like, so this is it. I might die today. I'm on the fourth floor. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the 24th floor. Yeah. Um, I, I think if, if, if I, I mean, if, is it kind of if you knew one thing? Like if you could know one thing? Is that kind yeah, of it? Yeah, kind of like the things you know now, something that you learned, you know, over time that you Just that could have had known. I sooner. wasn't doing, yeah, so there were certain movement patterns that, I did that were really hard on my body, uh, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't know it at the time. Cause it felt great at the time. Right. Like I'm pretty convinced that the reason I can't press with a straight bar at all anymore is because I spent so much time pressing with my elbows out a lot for chest. Cause that was back then we were like, Oh, well that's more pec dominant. Right. Right. Which is technically true. Like it puts the pec in a, in a more loaded, position but you're also putting the shoulder in a really bad position so it like wears out you know or how i did like underhand barbell rows but on, with a straight bar which right. is such a rough situation for where the forearm and humerus yeah. meet and the wrist and all the torsion on your on your wrists and and now i i can't do those anymore without pain and i think obviously i just wore out that joint pattern you know mm -hmm. And then that's kind of where all my injuries stem from too. I can sort of like break it down on my head, like things I did over the years that caused issues, that caused other issues, a whole chain reaction thing. So, you know, we were overloading. We were heavily overloading every movement pattern in the book. Yep. When looking back, there is some movements that are better done in the 15 to 20 rep range hmm. with, you know, maybe a, a different tempo. Finesse. Yeah, maybe there's other things you can do to make those movements hard without, you know what I mean? 
for sure. So, yeah. What about you, Scott? Things like that. Uh, you know, one of the things I've said before is I wish I had, I I had counted myself out as, as being strong. I, uh, you know, I had lower back issues. And so for me, I kind of, I kind of made like exceptions were like, well, I'm not a dusty. I'm not that kind of guy. I, you know, I'm not going to be able to depend on moving incredible amounts of weight. And I really fell in love with like mountain dog training and Mm -hmm. how I put my workouts together, getting more like time under tension, stuff like that. But uh, later I learned that I could get strong and I found the value in that. And had I discovered that sooner when I was younger, I think that I could have made more progress, but I didn't connect to it. When I first tried doing DC, I, I would, you know how Dante says like, hey, you have to be ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. And all I did was hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. understand the concept of doing one all out set. So I abandoned it. And when I d- abandoned it, I was like, yeah, that's just not for me. I You have to be right. a guy with uh, a structure like Dusty. Or, you know what I mean? Like I, I made up excuses that because I'm not. I mean, I am the opposite of you structure wise. Like I have a very right. like, you, you know, you're made for small. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, and, and that's the thing. A guy with small bones and stuff. It's like if you build some muscle on that, it looks really cool. But. I, I told myself though like yeah I can't I can't do that kind of stuff but I, I right. the reality is I could yeah that's right. good I think that's a uh I think everyone in reverse though learns the same because just like Ron just said in the flip he and I trained everything as mm. heavy as possible like I used to curl for four back <laughs> in the day. you know what I mean you put on your like I I, I'm getting four here I'm like what have you missed dipshit you got three <laughs> I did six. I did I did six reps. Like my working sets were six reps on my main working set was always like six. Yeah. And if I got five, it was still acceptable because like, you know, I'd almost get six, right? I'd be like, yeah, I'll stick with that weight next week. I'll get six. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But like Not six was like how the far baseball. away that extra rep really is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a like a you know, how many percentage increase over your you know what I mean? So so yeah, I was very, very heavy on everything. Yeah, on everything. That's just funny. Classic. We've got one hundred cable side laterals. You know, six reps. Yeah. six. <laughs> I think I've got one here for this. Is like a Ron. This would be a good Ron question. Um, okay, so what would you prescribe to a taller powerlifter turned bodybuilder, six three, to dramatically bring up his legs to match his upper body? I decided to switch to bodybuilding from powerlifting after a few bad injuries. Um, I've been told my upper body is good, but legs need to be brought up. Well, here's the thing. So I assume he's been doing a lot of squatting because he's a powerlifter. Mm. Mm-hmm. So think of it this way. I don't know what his lifts are. 6'3", he's a big guy. Let's say he was you know, pushing. I don't know what his deadlift and squat and bench would be. But I'm a strong if he's, <laughs> yeah, let's say, let's just say he's a strong guy, got some big lifts. Um, if his legs aren't big from squatting heavy, then that's a very good sign that he needs to do something else for his bodybuilding, <laughs> you know, because some guys come out of powerlifting with huge fucking legs and it's like, oh, squats, get your legs big. Obviously let's, you know, back off poundage. You already squat a lot. That's good. We'll just add some of this and this. Um, whereas he's coming from a squat, dominantly squat leg training background. And if they're weak, then that means that he needs a lot more changes. 
So I would get them on the hack squat, get them going deep on, on stuff like that, change his squat form completely. Cause obviously the way he squats mm. now doesn't make his legs grow. So if he is going to squat, like again, he's six, three, so maybe he can squat just fine. He just has to change his foot, foot position and kind of relearn his mechanics. But there's a there's a quad dominant squat position in there somewhere, and if there isn't, if he just has bad structure for that type of squatting, um, then you know it'd be more hack squats and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Get him doing some deep leg presses. I know powerlifters hate the leg press. That's a but if get him on the leg press for sets of twenty, blasting out failure sets, really hard grinder sets. Get the reps up a bit because obviously he's already been doing triples and fives and ones and twos and all that. So let's experience something else outside of that realm of heavy squatting all the time and uh, get the legs to get some stimulus in the legs. Agreed. That's what I do. I would do what Ron said. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it'd be a good Ron question because he's a taller guy. You, you were able to build some legs. Took a while. They yeah. came though. Actually, I had, I had decent legs from the start, start, actually. I'd like, I remember my first show, people were like, oh, you're, you know what I mean? Tall guy with some quads. Yeah. So and I get ham drop. I had, but I trained legs super fucking hard as a kid, like in high yeah, school. Right. I remember like guys coming to train legs with me in, in high school and just destroying them. Like they're just fucked. You know, it was fun. Do you have any of those? Uh, this is actually an off question, but I know we talked to this, about this with like Ben Pakulski and you and stuff. There's a couple kids that I've seen in this gym here um, and they just make me smile because they come in and they train so fucking hard and they do everything. They're doing way too much. Right. And all I tell them every time I see them, keep fucking going and then walk away yeah. because I just <laughs> love it. I'm like, they, because they've got the ingredient that matters. They'll mm. figure the rest out later. The last thing you need to do is tell them to do less right now. It's like, mm. oh, you get it. Kick the shit out of yourself. And their form is yeah. fine. They're just doing so much. But I'm like, nah, you'll figure it out. I remember. Like, I love I, seeing I, that. I, You've got to see that in your gym sometimes and just smile when you see some younger I guys. I sort of did the same thing. It up. I, so, I sort of did the same thing. This one guy asked me some questions the other day. He's like, hey, you know, I'm really trying to improve my body parts and and uh, he's telling me how many sets he does. His volume right. is like crazy. Like he's training back for two hours and stuff. Yes. But he's just so hyped to be in there. He's training like an animal. But I just yeah. told him, your form sucks. Your form sucks. You got to learn. You got to tighten up your form. You have to take mm. control of the weights. You're just a kamikaze with weights in your hands. Right. But I didn't preach to him about volume or frequency or... Right any of that because if he gets his form right yeah he'll feel the difference and yeah. that'll trash the fuck out of him yeah and his volume will naturally come down like over time because he won't yeah. be able to fucking like if he's actually trashing his quads with his reps then his sets get so much harder and worse and demanding and it just and it, it just evolves from there so mm -hmm. i just said you got to tighten up your form man you go too heavy and you drop too fast. Like his reps are like, bang, bang, you know? It's always and impressive so, me when they do that. Yeah. Because I, I was like, I just take break. control of the weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the way they train, some of these guys, they're, they're literally not controlling the weights on any of the descent. Yeah. So even though they're training to failure, the set's actually way easier. Right. 
you know, you ever think about when, when you add a bunch of weight, suddenly you slow the negative by default because you don't want to get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I literally will watch like my warmups and I'm like, they're banging through like on a, on a hack squat. And then all of a sudden for the heavy one, that shit's going like twice as slow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it's actually not because I'm trying to be a badass. I'm just trying not to get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. The first rep or two on my main working set is like, bring it down pretty slow. (laughs) I used to do that. I told Jordan when he was writing all my stuff, Anytime we would do like a, like say the dead stop uh, RDL or the double stop RDL, my first rep was never quite high enough up. And I knew it and I still couldn't correct it. It was just like my body needed to feel the weight once. So Tommy just started not counting that rep. Hmm. And the next one was number one. <laughs> because it was like I couldn't do a perfect rep the first time no matter what. Because I was, I was so heavy. I had to just feel it and then come down and be like, okay, I feel safe. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay is that what i how, do we have what do we got what time we have room for one more to pull a, a, pull a perfect two more? hours Oof. you guys have anything over there any other good ones i just got this <laughs> <laughs> you need to see this dusty all right let me think here i've i do have some actually so oops <laughs> he sounds like me <laughs> He's the best. How about did you see the one, Ron, where uh D and D and Dennis wanted to get on welfare, but they didn't yeah. qualify, so they got on crack. They started smoking the gang, crack. It, the, the episode is called The Gang Does Crack. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they <laughs> smoke crack to qualify for welfare and then they, they depend they smoke on crack the, and then they Yeah, and then they go into the office and they're like, uh, we are on crack. We would like some welfare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very simple process. I like. And this. they're like, I'm, "That's not really how it works, sir." And it's like, yeah. "No, no, that that's how it works. We're on crack. We need welfare." <laughs> <laughs> that is how it works. Of course, then they just kind of wind up, uh, kind of liking crack. Yeah, exactly. Which, <laughs> but hey, who doesn't like crack? That's the reason who that you don't like do it. Crack. That's why. Right. That's why it's a good reason not to start. <laughs> All right, I've got one for Ron. Okay, Ron. This episode hinges on you. Because I'm actually curious. No, it's nothing crazy, okay. but I'm actually curious. What is your favorite grunge band? Ooh. Oh, well, Nirvana. Thank you. Yeah, they're the they're the kings. There's I and they're just the best. Like I love their music. And I, it was funny, I got back into them recently because they announced like the 30th anniversary of Nevermind. And I was like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. So I like just kind of listen to some I, I really like live music, right? And they have some good live records that really capture their like Oh yeah. yeah. They're they're sound well. It's funny, there was a legendary story in Edmonton in the bar scene. Um, I guess in like nineteen ninety, Nirvana played at one of like the little rock bars by where I worked, but they weren't mm-hmm. they only had the one album and they weren't famous yet. Yeah. And I guess they were so and then Dave Grohl wasn't in the band yet. He wasn't drumming yet. They had the other drummer. And and I guess they were so terrible that the the manager didn't want to pay them. Huh. Like they just were fucking terrible. So it's funny, like those young bands getting their start, you hear stories about them like that. But then, you know, you see live at the Paramount. If you go on Spotify, you can download live at the Paramount um, or live at reading. Those two Mm -hmm. famous, famous concerts that they did are both on Spotify. And the sound is just fantastic. And yeah, yeah, I'd say Nirvana. They changed the game. There's a bunch of great bands that people don't think of too, you know, when they think of that era. 
yeah. you know, but, but Nirvana definitely they're, they're like the Metallica of that era, you know, Metallica is like the King metal band, you know, that like forged the whole genre. And that was kind of, I guess, Nirvana's role in that whole alternative music scene. I have a, uh, I have a VHS tape of a, it was called 1991, the year punk broke and it followed Nirvana on tour with Sonic Youth through Europe. Oh yeah. And that's when they did that festival, the the Reading Festival. The Reading Festival. Yeah. 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 And it like it that's, had some cool backstage stuff. I bought that like you know, back then. It was it was a very old video. At you know, I got it like early, you know, at that time. But that was there's some yeah. cool, cool stuff. Dave Grohl tells some incredible stories about that tour because they made the out al- he joined the band. He gets yeah, the call. Do you want to be a Nirvana? And they were nobodies. They had the one album, so he knew about them because of their label, and they were kind of like known in that little sub pop label group. And he's like, "Oh, go fucking trout for this band. They're really good." You know, gets the job, joins the band. They instantly go into the studio and record Nevermind, and then they go on tour. So Dave Grohl is nineteen. He has almost no money. He was in a band called Scream, so he's been on tour before, and he knows the deal. And they're literally in a little shitty van in Europe. Yeah. And every week, like think of it, 91, or there's no like internet or nothing, right? They're literally got to phone someone. Yeah, like so they're they're like calling home. Yeah. And the record people are going, um, yeah, so we got your album released now. And uh, and they're playing these little clubs, right? Little clubs, mm-hmm. town to town. And then they're like, yeah, your album is on the chart. And then, oh my, your album's number one. And they're like calling home from pay phones. And they're like, you're not, we're going to send you some money. And then they like, you know, they're into the tour a certain way. And all of a sudden the record company's like, here's a bus. You're on a bus now. <laughs> and they're like on a bus and they're like touring and they're calling home every night. And they're like, yeah, we're sending you guys all checks for a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. We're getting your first, like, here's another check. And then they're like, oh, here's another check. Oh, fuck your album. We got the, you know, the video is number one. This is number one. You guys are the biggest band in the world. And they're on tour in Europe the whole time. And the shows are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And they get the call. They're like, yeah, we the show tonight that's uh, that holds a thousand people. Yeah, we moved it. It's now a 5,000 person show and it's sold out. Wow. And they're like, oh, fuck. So they show up that night and they're like, holy shit, 5,000 people. And then like, you know, a couple months later, it's, it's 25,000 people in the stadium at every fucking stop. And it just like that whole it's just such a crazy story when you hear Dave talk about that tour. That, that makes the uh, that makes what happened to him make more sense. He was what sleeping on a couch. Yeah. At the beginning, of, yeah. like when they but when they left for so that tour. Drastic. Yeah. He was sleeping on a couch before that tour. Yeah. Like he packed he up like, his shit from someone's living room to go there. Yeah. Yeah, he's living so, I mean, with a friend. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine the the shock of trying to take that in uh, when you're that when that's your personality? Like, yeah. it's that's not what he got into it for. Yeah, <laughs> like, he hated he hated being famous. I mean, he wrote songs yeah. about it. He fucking hated yeah. it. Really crazy. Wild. But yeah, you know, just to be that age too, you're 19, and you're like, oh fuck, like you know, let's say you go on tour in April, and you know you're coming home for Christmas. You're like, I'm gonna be fucking millionaire when I get home. Yeah, <laughs> like, like as long as I like, we're gonna finish this tour, and I'm gonna come home, and I'm gonna have like millions of dollars in my bank account. All of a sudden, this is gonna be the best Christmas ever. Like you'd just be fucking. <laughs> yeah. I'd, at that age, I'd have been broke by January. 
Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And they're, and they're getting calls. They're like, they're like, Oh, Hey, um, we're flying you back to England because you have to be on the number one talk show to play a song. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, okay. they brought so him they back do to that. do, uh, to do Saturday night yeah. live, Saturday night live, we're flying you back to New York mid tour. Got to do SNL. Let's go. Like, Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. So just crazy. That's wild. But, Ron, thanks I for closing out strong. That was good. That was <laughs> a good call, Dusty. You did a good job there. Okay. Remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment. Ring the bell. There you go. Dusty's our oh, drummer. Yes. That's what he is. Boom. Bing, I went across bing, to the cymbal. Bing. Yeah, you went across. <laughs> hi-hat. You're doing the hi-hat. Okay. Yeah, I was late. <laughs> thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm almost done, done Squid Games. I got two episodes left. I'll give you the review when I'm done. And uh, we'll talk later, guys. Remember, it's just bodybuilding. <laughs>